Good Eisenberg. Welcome to your favorite podcast. The name of the show is Eisenberg. My name is Ian Eisenberg. Each episode, I interview people that I find interesting. Some people I know, and others I don't. Today's guest is Kimmy Biz. She is a young entrepreneur from Georgia who is working to make her family's business an eight-figure business. Kimmy makes videos on Instagram in sign language. Today's show has been transcribed in the show notes, so anyone who can't hear it can read it. And now, Kimmy Biz. Hi, everybody. My guest today, she goes by the name Kimmy Biz on social media, including Twitter and Instagram. She is a businesswoman who is a partner in her family business and has been blogging and making videos on Instagram, just documenting her way as she builds her own career with the goal of being a billionaire. So, Kivy, thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Excellent. First question I want to ask is, with your Instagram, one thing that is very unique about it is how you communicate and do a lot of videos where you're signing and you're going in sign language. And where did that come from? Or what was the interest in, in the sign language aspect of it? Well, my sister and business partner is deaf, so I grew up with sign language. And when I decided that I wanted to make a page, I wanted to make sure that it was as accessible for my sister to see what I'm doing and be a part of it and the deaf community as a whole. So I just decided to include that in all of my videos. I think it's definitely profound. And and when was it when, and as you said, your sister is deaf. Is that something that when growing up that you've, you learned that just it was a sensibility and just sensitivity and just seeing a lot of the content in the world that was inaccessible that led you to just standing up for her in that wonderful way? Um, I don't know if I would necessarily refer to it as standing up for her. As much as we have a very close relationship and I like to include her in everything that I can. She's my partner in my business. She's even my partner with my Instagram videos. She checks my sign language before I post them. And so the world is definitely not very inclusive and it's difficult for the deaf community to have access to things that people take for granted. And I wanted to make sure that my content wasn't one of those things. That is very fair, and that's something that's very understandable. So let's talk about Kimmy Biz, because I, I found you, and I discovered you on the People Cooler Than Me show, which by the time that this interview airs, I will have been a guest on. I see that a lot of your social media and your blogs and stuff are fairly new. What was it that got you into deciding to put this all out? right now 
there were a few factors that went into it. I've been told that I needed to have interests and activity and stuff outside of work, that it's not sustainable and not healthy to only be focusing and spending my time on work. And so I figured that a social media account discussing and doing what I enjoy, which is work, was kind of a loophole where I'm able to remove myself from actually working in the business, but still think about it, still discuss it, and still be a part of it. Yeah, and I can see that there have been things you've been writing about, things you've not been writing about. I see that you've been running in a bunch of races. <laughs> and, and, and tell me about that, because um, a few weeks ago, we had a, another guest of my show, Anthony Smith, who is very much took on running, which led to a dramatic um, transformation of his physical self. Well, I wish I could say I took on running. My sister, her friend um, asked her to do a zombie 5K. And so my sister asked me, and though I don't like running, I don't like exercise much at all. I like being comfortable and exercise is not comfortable. Um, I decided to do it with her. And I did see when I was training for it, I had about two months that I worked myself up to running a 5K so that I wouldn't be miserable that day. I saw a change in the way that I felt, and I really was proud of myself when I finished it, but that's the only one I've done so far, and I don't currently have plans for another one. Okay, so you took on Ronick, even if it was just for one race. Mm-hmm. And, and and were there any lessons that you got out of it outside of the uh, the fact that you don't necessarily want to do much more of that? Uh, well, first and foremost, I used to think that in a zombie apocalypse, I would maybe survive. And now I know better. Huh. But, <laughs> but um, I mean, I just think it's really important to get out of your comfort zone and to do things that you wouldn't normally and to remove yourself from what you're used to doing because a lot of times it's not as bad as you would expect. I thought training for it was going to be a lot worse. I thought actually running it was going to be a lot worse and in my head it was a lot worse than reality so I'm glad that I pushed myself to do it. Very cool and where in, in your work life do you see sometimes those times when you're out of your comfort zone and it just feels so rewarding once it's done. Oh, all the time. Um, we're working on growing while also maintaining and fixing everything. So various large customers where they come to us and there's the uncertainty of how to handle it or what to do. That's always rewarding when that's figured out. Changing things in the our warehouse, like if we change the procedures or policies or processes, making sure that those are positive changes is always really scary. But when you see marked improvements in your company, that's really beneficial. Just all the time, I think being a business owner, unless you have a company that you've reached a level that you're content at and you're just maintaining it, you have to go out of your comfort zone all the time to get to the next levels. Got it. So what was it that got you into business to begin with and is it that something which you thought of like just as a child and growing up and into where you are right now well as a child and growing up I was definitely an entrepreneur I had 
pet sitting and babysitting companies. I made bracelets and sold them in school and actually got detention for it. Um, By the time I graduated high school, I had probably half a dozen different ventures that were really pretty successful for a school school aged person. And I never had the thought process of being a business owner. I grew up with my mother being an entrepreneur and that was normal to me. I never really thought much about it until she passed away and I stepped into the business more to help out my sister. And I realized, wait, all the stuff I enjoyed as a kid growing up that I used to do for fun, I still enjoy and I still can do now as a career. Yeah, what was one thing I like to ask a lot of people is when you were a kid, what was the first thing you ever thought you wanted to be when you grew up? I used to think I wanted to be a math teacher. Math. I really enjoy math and solving problems and just figuring things out and puzzles and stuff like that. And I enjoy teaching and talking with other people. So I thought I wanted to teach math. Yeah, I. The first thing I ever thought I wanted to be was a truck driver. But Oh, awesome. Like semis? Like like yeah, it's like I have an uncle who has been who's had a delivery around his from his entire professional career delivering a major orange juice brand. So it was one of those things where it's like it was like, I want to drive a Coke truck, but then I realized after I started learning to drive years later that <laughs> I don't like truck. I don't like driving trucks. I like the smaller cars. And I thought, okay, that's not a career much, but it's interesting seeing like what the first thing you wanted to do. And then there's of course a lot of the far out things and there's ideas of like being the astronaut, being a president. Yeah. And, and then life happens and you learn more things and then you, become who you are absolutely yes yeah, so i know that um i've heard a little bit about your business and, and tell me like what kind of business it is and like what are the kinds of things that you do we're a mostly direct-to-consumer snack food manufacturer so we're e-commerce we don't have a brand in retail we keep all the margins for ourselves and People who need it for various reasons. We have a pretty wide demographic of events that need snacks or um, private labels that need snacks, co-packing. We're mostly business to business, and we just produce our snack foods the best way we can. We make everything to order, and we ship it out, and we have a lot of fun doing it. Yep, so hence the need for warehouses so you can have all these snacks and just the delivery system and getting them to where they need to be. Yeah. We actually use logistics companies, so we don't personally have to do deliveries, but even interacting with and figuring that system out and dealing with those kind of situations has been fun, but hectic. But you, but you make, you make it work and and the snacks, I'm sure, are delicious, and I'm sure that people enjoy them and continue to buy them. I mean, I'm pretty biased, but I think they're fantastic. Here you go. They're fantastic. I'll send you some. Oh, please, please. We'll, we'll talk after the show. I definitely want to try some and be like, yes, this is great. You need to buy. 
Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, so where are you originally from and, um, and, and how is that a big identity of who you are now? Well, I was born in Florida, but right before kindergarten, we moved up to Georgia and I've been here ever since. And so I don't remember Florida as much. I mostly associate as a Georgia peach. And I don't know how I associate with it. Um, I just am really proud of where I grew up. After I went to college, I moved back to the area where I grew up. Our business is in the area I grew up. And until you asked, I don't think that I've ever consciously realized how big of a part of my life the area I grew up in is but it is my sister lives here her niece is or my niece her daughter is being raised in the same area and it's just a really comforting home feeling which is really important to me yeah and is it a big part of the culture like 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 the Atlanta sports teams and the Georgia college teams that are, that are like a big part of where you are and, and who you yeah. become. Yes. I actually went to college in Atlanta, which as a college student, Atlanta was such a fun place to be. Um, the sports teams, I don't think any of our teams are particularly fantastic. I know we went to the Super Bowl last year I don't even like football, but I was enraged with how that situation happened. And I know that Atlanta is a place with a lot of pride from the sports teams to the musicians that come out of here or companies that start and grow here. So it's a really camaraderie. I don't know how to put that into words. It's a feeling of camaraderie with an entire city, which is cool. That is cool. I still remember, like, in the early 90s when those Braves teams had such the great pitchers, and that, but then they, then I thought, wow, there's no way they're going to lose 96, and except for they played my Yankees, and, and they won, but it was, but it was always one of those things where it was like, for like a big time, it was like the Braves were just such a feared team. Yeah? Yes. See, my father loves baseball and he used to coach my cousins growing up and such, but I've only ever been to one Braves game and that was before we just moved stadiums and then our football team is building a new stadium next to the old one. So we take sports very seriously. Yep. Yeah. I never got to go to Turner Field. It's one of those things where I always wanted to, one of my goals has always been to go to an Olympics and it's funny. It's crazy how there hasn't been one in the U.S. since, I mean, at least summer since the 96 um, Atlanta games. I still remember those. It was the year I graduated from high school. Oh, and, wow. Yes. And yet, yes, you can now guess my age by that. Everybody here. <laughs> and, and But it's one of those things where it's like, yes. Yes. So, so have you done much traveling outside of, outside of, the um the southeast um no most of my traveling has been in the southeast uh when i graduated college i did get to go to las vegas and that was a ton of fun but mostly i've just been in tennessee in the carolinas and florida i've never been to tennessee so you have that one on me do you get to travel much you know it, well you it 
In the last few years, no. There was... It's like I did. I was talking to friends. It's like I'm right now about the 20th anniversary of the year I spent in Israel. I did a gap year between high school and college. And other than that, it's just like Canada. I've been to England a few times, but I once took a semester off from college and traveled around the country. That was a special time. That sounds incredible and is a dream of mine. Yeah. So it was basically, of course, the only time I spent in Atlanta was was at the airport switching, like, connecting flights between D.C. and New Orleans. Oh, do you know what? I have been to D.C. I went to D.C. for 4th of July. Oh, wow. And that was a blast. That th- that must be exciting, being there, like, on Independence Day. Yeah. I, I remember once I was on a camp trip, like, back, like, in high school, where we went to D.C., and it was my birthday, and... And the kids were not allowed to leave the hotel room or anything, but they somehow ordered pizza for me for my birthday, <laughs> which was really cool. Like I was actually just going over discussing because my cap's having a 60 year reunion, which and, and some people have been just posting old pictures like, wow, back when I had hair. Amazing. <laughs> oh, the glory days. The, well, you know what? I think every day is the glory days because, yeah, I miss my hair, but there's a lot of things from back then I don't miss. So it all moves up. I mean, the fact that we have podcasts and we have social media and that we're able to communicate with people all over the world and in ways that that we I never imagined, like being a kid, like I still remember like having the dream of owning a TV station or being on the radio. And yeah. now you can do that on your phone and everyone can listen. Or even as I've really just jumped on Instagram doing my daily videos and just seeing how it connects, like like what has been one of the biggest things you've gotten so far out of your sign language videos on Instagram? Um. I've gotten a lot of interaction from it. I get a lot of people who direct message me and I love that because it's not just something that I'm doing as a hobby. As you said, it's a way to interact with other people. And so getting perspectives and having discussions with people all over the world, I've had people in different countries message me has been so cool. And I've loved doing that. I love talking about business and I love my friends. And so they like talking about business with me because they know I enjoy it, but they're not personally invested or passionate about it. So finding those people, even though they're across the country or across the world has been so cool to me. Awesome. And and it's like, as I said, I found you through Tyler and did Tyler just find you just through the Instagram videos? Yes, he did. That that's a, it's amazing how you, something can just stand out and with the algorithms of the social networks now where you can just find videos with your interests. Like I was watching some videos on YouTube yesterday and the autoplay feature, I didn't realize like how amazing it was. Probably <sighs> like until yesterday when it's one thing like when I'm watching a video of like one of my favorite bands and then another video shows up, but watching business videos of people I'm 
people I do follow and are aware of. And then I find videos from people I've never heard of. And I was like, wow, how did I not hear about these people? And immediately found their social and liked them on Facebook. It's, it's like, yeah, you are so right. We're in the glory days right now. That is so cool. Ex- excellent. So, so, so the billion dollars, where did a billion come from for you? Um, well, I, I don't think I have a billion as a goal. I have eight figures, which is 10 million. And oh. I have that as a goal for my company's revenue, which is pretty arbitrary. I like to set goals that are medium length so that I know that I won't be struggling to achieve a goal forever. Um, and that's, I probably heard that on a business show or documentary where somebody referred to 10 million a year as a national brand. And so I decided that I want to make that my next goal. Excellent. Like I saw like a Kickstarter campaign for some band that needs a new bus, but they decided to have the goal be a hundred dollars so they can keep all the money, realizing that's very low compared to it. But the idea of having having a goal and then having stretch goals, I think is definitely a way to go and just continuing to stretch and see where can you go. Absolutely. And every time I meet a goal, I make at least one more. So I think it's important to always have goals, but to not set yourself up to not feel like you're achieving and getting where you want and need to be. Excellent. So, so it's Kibby biz. Um, here, would you like to plug your social media here? Absolutely. I am most active on Instagram, Kimmy biz, K I M M I E B I Z. But people can also find me on Twitter. If anybody wants to email me like to have a longer conversation or anything like that, KimmyBiz1 at gmail.com. Yes, and, the, and of course you have the same hand, KimmyBiz handle on on Twitter, and you've got KimmyBiz.com. I do. I have that as uh, a blog. I'm not fantastic at keeping up with that. I mostly am just using that as a way to transcribe the videos that I make. But in the future, I'm thinking if there's a topic that is longer than the typical Instagram videos, I can expand more on it in a blog. Or I've been considering doing YouTube as well because those are longer videos. Yeah, there's certainly certain things. Like, I've, like, it was when I first started doing my daily videos is when I even realized Instagram had a one-minute video limit, which is sometimes it's been fun just being like, how much can I do in a minute? But yeah, it's like the fact that you can't have much longer videos. You can have full features on YouTube. That may be a platform as well for you. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So, so Kimmy, thank you so much for being on the show. And um, I'm looking forward to this coming up. And I'm looking forward to the snacks. I'm so excited to send them to you, and I'm excited to hear this, and I've really enjoyed talking with you. Excellent, Kimmy. Thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you to Kimmy Biz for participating in today's interview. As a reminder, the entire interview has been transcribed in the show notes.
You are listening to Eisenberg. My name is Ian Eisenberg. You can find our show at yourfavoritepodcast.com. Thank you, and have a great Eisenberg, everybody.